Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Welcome to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is your graduate student, summertime, fun time co-host, Brandon Saxton. <laughs> and Katie Gordon. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. And uh, I'm excited to talk more Jessica Jones. But but first, I want to take this podcast train and I want to derail it into nerd news again. Okay. Because we haven't done nerd news in a while. We, we've been having some guests on the show. We've also been inconsistent with episodes due to illness and other life events so we haven't gotten to catch up on the nerd news and i just want to take a break and do that first big thing avengers infinity war looks to be awesome neither of us have seen it yeah we please should don't, see that next week. we probably should please don't tweet at us about it yet <laughs> because we don't want any of those spoilers but it's getting great reviews mm-hmm. uh it's sold a whole ton of tickets and people seem to really enjoy it so i'm definitely looking forward to watching it and podcasting about it do you have any predictions or anything that you're especially excited about for avengers infinity war i'm just excited to see it because like you said a lot of people were talking about how impacted they were and how they were processing things and so but i've also been trying to avoid any specific information about it so um but we're almost to next week and so and for our semester that's finals week and so things tend to be a little more flexible yeah. and that'll be a good time to see it but what about you yeah i'm i'm excited for it the um, crossover element the must the uh, much hyped i do like that yeah. part. i remember the first time i saw the first avengers movie and i actually mm-hmm. thought that was really exciting and mm-hmm. really well done and this just seems like that but like cranked up again to the next mm-hmm. level because of the the breadth of how many characters are coming into it um, I did see a really funny tweet about it that said something, uh, I wish I had it saved exactly, mm-hmm. but it's something along the lines of, I've only seen 17 of the previous movies, like, will I be able to follow it in kind of a funny <laughs> yeah, way because yeah. there's so much material yeah. leading up to it, which I think is kind of an interesting component. I don't know, can people just jump in in Infinity War? I, I hope so, because I haven't seen all the movies and that I would need to. I think I've seen every one. Good. Them, yeah. Then so you can answer all my I, I'll, questions. I'll be fun, yeah, yeah. So anyway, at any rate, super excited for Avengers and Infinity War. Another thing that's coming out that I'm less excited for, 13 Reasons Why Season 2, yeah. here we come again. Uh, do you know anything about this season or what it's going to be about? I have only seen it announced, and I absolutely just refuse to look at it any further. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if there's mental health stuff, we may need to watch it and podcast about it again, but I'm not yeah. sure what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I anticipate that we probably will, too. I feel simultaneously uh, that I don't want to watch it because the first one right. left me feeling so bad for, like, weeks, probably. Yeah. Of just not feeling a little bit worse than I usually do, which... The bar is not always that high anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but also, yeah, we'll have to cover it, I'm sure, because I'm yeah. certain that they'll be misrepresenting some things that we might want to comment on. Is they did guess. get a lot of backlash, though, so I also wonder if... I mean, it was very popular, yes. no doubt. But they oh, also yeah. got some backlash for it, especially from many people in the mental health community, so I do wonder if they 
adjusted at all based on those kinds of things. That's actually a good point. I hadn't considered that. Netflix does seem to be somewhat receptive to that sort of stuff. So I am curious. Maybe they did correct course a little bit, especially after listening to our three or four part (laughs) episode. I'm sure that was a big factor. Almost certainly. You know, I think that they, the people who made the show never, they didn't apologize and they kind of defended, but they did add content warnings and resource information. Um, But there was also that article published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, which is a big deal, finding that watching 13 Reasons Why did seem to lead to increases in people looking up stuff on the internet about suicide methods, and so they, maybe even just for their own interest, might want to handle things a little bit Mm -hmm. differently just so it doesn't look like they're having a negative health impact. Mm -hmm. And there are limitations to that study. People don't know exactly why they're looking at those things, but it's possible that after some of the exposure to it, at least that's consistent with some research, that it might have, for vulnerable people, Mm -hmm. uh, let them to uh, to an increase in some suicidal thoughts so so i don't know i don't know where they'll go with it it also seems like the story is kind of ended so i wonder i mean I, although the, each so many of the characters in it had their own stories and significant issues that i guess they could go into any of those or even rewind and go back in time but i don't know what they're gonna do i don't want to rehash 13 reasons why right here again <laughs> Um, but I think something you just said, I, I want to build on that point a little bit, is that they didn't really apologize for it, and, and that I... That I'm aware no, of No, no, anyway. and that's yeah. my read, too. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that makes me personally so mad about this, and and maybe you can help me understand if my thinking is wrong, mm-hmm. they didn't just make this show to, for, to make a show and tell a story. I kind of got the sense that they made the show to make a point and be like, look, you can't mm-hmm. be bullying people or they might uh, attempt suicide or die by suicide. Um, is that your read on it, too? You know, it's hard for me to tell because I don't know if the primary thing was like, let's make this riveting show that people are basically all going to watch mm-hmm. or if another. I mean, it did seem like it was trying to make that point. Yeah. So it's hard for me to balance exactly yeah. what was what, you know. I tend to be a little bit... So, of course, the whole premise of our podcast, so we pick apart yeah. media. And we both of us oftentimes say, you know what, this wasn't their point, though, to, right. make, to depict this. They're just trying to tell a story, mm-hmm. so we'd give a little leniency. But if their point was to make a point, then that right. does make me angry. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't need to go back down sort of that, that rabbit hole of, of emotion, well, but that does bother me. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I read is one of the creators of the show had said that he had some experience with suicidal behavior. I think he was having thoughts about suicide, and then he read a graphic article about someone's suicide, and then was like, I don't want to do it. And he oh. said that was kind of where he came to the idea of ha- of this depiction of a graphic suicide. But the research, and it's mixed and it's mm-hmm. tricky to do, isn't really in line with that idea. Yeah. And on top of that, people felt like it's sensationalizing yeah. uh, to get people's attention and, and those types of things. So I, I think it's tricky because there are competing motives. You want to get people to watch something, but you want to do it responsibly. Yeah. And so it's possible that they wanted to do different things with yeah. it. I mean, but primarily it is... You know, it is a mental health show. I, they added that, like, or, or a mental health-themed fictional story um, that they want people to watch. And I don't know. They they added that, like, behind the scenes or after or whatever yeah, I never it was. Watched that. Um, you know, it, it was okay. Um, but, 
you know, like like we talked about, the the concern is that a lot of people get their mental health information from these fictional depictions. Yeah. A lot of people watch that, and so it I it can be damaging if they do it that way. So so yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do this time. At any rate, I'm not looking forward to it yeah. with the information that I have now. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it was painful to watch the first time. And I know there are other people, including on our podcast network, that disagree and think it was great and yes. that conversation started. Like I said, we disagree. But, um, I, you know, I think there are others that are that do a better job of, of depicting meaningful stories but in a compassionate way that doesn't feel sensationalized. So. Yeah. All right. I'm done talking about it for now. I'm sure we'll have to talk about it again. And I want to limit how much I have to talk about this show. Good idea. So let's talk about another Netflix-made show, Jessica Jones. Um, Can I also say one other thing that I'm looking forward to? Oh, yeah, Nerd News Corner. Yeah. (laughs) The main segment of our show now. Um, So it is May the 4th, which is is Star Wars Day, which is very exciting. And Solo was coming out on May 25th. So that's all I want to say. I'm excited about that. Even though I kind of messed up with Avengers because it was during a busy time and I didn't see it like right after it came out. Although yeah. that will be remedied soon. I think with Solo, I'm probably going to want to see that closer to when it comes people out. People are getting tickets already, I think. Oh, is what I better get on so, that. Yeah. I, uh, and people seem to be pretty optimistic about it. It's in so. three weeks. So yeah, that's, it's, that's it's pretty right soon. Up. Very excited about Lando. Oh, yeah. And Capes. Yes. I don't know. Why are we all wearing capes? That's not <laughs> Oh, well. So that's all. No, that's a good But one. Jessica Jones is great to talk about. I'm. There will be spoilers for people yes. listening. And I haven't seen the last two episodes, but Brandon has full permission to conclude it because we think there's enough for one more podcast episode about yeah. Jessica Jones, but not more than that. So um, there will be concluding spoilers. I already know what happened because he told me before, but mm-hmm. just to let you know, you've been warned. With a, but I didn't warn you. I just said, Look, <laughs> no, no. no I, I gave permission. No, I uh, so I think, let's just go ahead and dive in. I think the main, if I had to choose one main thing about this season that was sort of made me go, whoa, it was that Jessica Jones' mother is still alive. Yes. How amazing is that? Yeah. It's it's the the cornerstone of her very character and, and a lot of you know her motivations and a lot of the trauma that she experienced was the loss of her family. So to find out that she has a mother who's still alive is a, a game changer yeah. for the story and for her as a character. And her mixed feelings about that. It's like she's very suspicious, understandably, oh, yeah. and and resentful of thinking that her mom had been dead all of that time. But you also see that she has kind of, and she disagrees with a lot of the things that her mom has done and how she's seeing things but she also has this kind of connection to her mom that absolutely you know just a mother-daughter connection so i think this is where Kristen ritter's acting and the writing are just really good because that seems like a very complex thing to portray in a compelling way Mm -hmm. and yet i was very convinced that you could see her ambivalence about the Mm -hmm. situation especially just how many tragedies and traumas she's been through and, oh, yeah. and how much she distrusts people then to have this thing come back but the thing that i i like is that you you see that jessica is a very feeling person and and most of the defensive stuff is really to protect herself i mean because you can see her sensitivity and vulnerability at certain points so yeah it's it's a big deal and her mom she's her mom but she doesn't 
feel that way, and Jessica expresses that at various times. I mean, it was pretty disturbing when they show what she looked like after the accident. Oh, yeah. It didn't even look like a person. Mm-hmm. And, and then she, of course, develops this super strength that's very dangerous, and they call it a dissociative disorder. So she has, like, some of the anger issues Jessica has, but then she has this really big amount of strength and also doesn't seem to be able to inhibit it as well uh they even refer to it as a dissociative disorder like she's completely you know she's not fully conscious or in control of herself anymore yeah it's very interesting so that's so kind of after the car accident Mm -hmm. igh is this i don't know if company is the right word organization facility that saved jessica and her mom and and the wizard and kind of Mm -hmm. these other people so jessica has super strength as well her mom is much stronger we see but her mom also has this dissociative state that's kind of what they call it and it's almost portrayed as this very impulsive anger but it seems like a side effect of kind of this operation that she received and i'm wondering do you think or do you notice whether or not jessica had any kind of side effects like that too we because we do get to see kind of a baseline of her which in a lot of ways, kind of like I described in the last episode, she has some of the same personality characteristics with some additional negative affect and, and some of the other symptoms of the of the post-traumatic stress disorder. But I'm wondering, did she experience any, I don't know what you would kind of call it, but emotional or or personality changes as a result of her operation? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it struck me as... Her mom was being pretty mean when they were locked in the room at Dr. Carl's house or whatever. Yeah. When she originally called the de- detective and they were yeah. going to come. And she was basically like Jessica was saying, you know, yeah, I'm the way that I am because of the horrible things I've been through, mm-hmm. including like as is revealed that um, her mom killed her boyfriend. Now, the boyfriend yeah. was gonna manipulate and um use jessica for something do you think he actually was he denied it i think he was i i thought he was but it's hard to tell i was wondering about that too he was caught up in some a bad crowd he was and he did seem to be running a scam with taking people's money to like set up a club and Mm -hmm. so i thought that like it seemed consistent with maybe he is kind of a um like a con man. Yeah, I, I think he probably was too. But. but I don't know. I mean, she, I mean, obviously, I don't think that Jessica's mom should have killed him or anything no. like that. And I mean, and it's sad to think that, that, you know, it's interesting because you learn like Jessica got her leather jacket while they were together yeah. and stole it. She's doing a ton of just theft and mm-hmm. burglary with him. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got the feeling that he, didn't have her best interest at heart, whereas she had a complete loyalty to him and really cared about him. Um, So she kind of is, like, telling her mom, like, yeah, I wonder why I'm the way I am after all this stuff happened. And her mom's like, oh, you were always like that even before that happened. Like, you didn't like like doing sports. You didn't have friends. Like, you didn't like hang out with people and all this stuff, which seemed really cruel to me. I'm not saying, like, it gives us some glimpse of that. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that, like, just having those powers has a psychological effect, whether there were some physical effects. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were physical effects, but whether that's directly related to some of her emotions, it wasn't as clear to me as it was with her mom. Yeah, I I didn't, well, I guess it's fair to say, or I'm not being hard on myself for not understanding the, 
uh, and of course, this audio medium, so our listeners can't see this air quotes science right. of kind of what they did there. But it, I didn't totally understand exactly mm-hmm. why did Jessica's mom have a different effect? Is it because uh, it had something to do with like mm-hmm. DNA or something? I right. thought they were talking about. I didn't. I yeah, know. and because they were talking, and then later that comes up again with Trish that it, you know, the reason they turned out the way they did is because it was like a mix of their DNA yeah. and whatever thing happened to them. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, she, I mean, Jessica clearly does have anger problems, but again, we don't know if it's a PTSD, if it's some of kind of where her personality was, where she, you know, they kind of like, again, the same back and forth with her mom in that room where her mom's like, yeah, you're always in your room listening to whatever depressing music, I think she said, and she's like, Nirvana isn't depressed, and Mm -hmm. she's like, the lead singer died by suicide. Um, So it's it's hard to tell. Um, They, it's interesting that they show... Jessica, I mean, she gets court-ordered to anger management sessions. It looks like group therapy after she attacks someone. And we see that at other times. In fact, we talked about it last episode. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because both of them are kind of learning anger management strategies. But it seems like Jessica never seems nearly as out of touch as her mom does when she gets into those stages. No, she's never killing people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like she could get close sometimes. Yeah. For sure. It does. But she's never, like, smashing the aquarium, you mm-hmm. know, which was kind of to escape, I guess. Her mom did that. But, but yeah, it does seem that way. And, in, in fact, what I think is kind of interesting about the parallelism between the two characters is you see Jessica kind of worrying that maybe yeah. she is a little like her mom. Right. I think that was really interesting. Yeah, that, that was good. She doesn't want to be like that. She yeah. wants to be better. She doesn't want to hurt people. She does. Um, and her mom doesn't seem she seems to justify the behavior because even when Jessica was upset that her boyfriend was killed she was like yeah but he he was going to he was using you and he was you know she doesn't she's not like oh I'm sorry about that you know which Jessica's not she's not really like that she does feel remorse even in the with Kilgrave absolutely or the prison guard who Mm. is killing people in prison and she didn't want him to die, even though she was she was going to die if she didn't kill him. So. Exactly. Um, but she still feels really bad about that. And in fact, that's when Kilgrave flashbacks come back. Yeah, and it does highlight kind of the the core fundamental underlying difference between the two of mm-hmm. them. Really, it, it does. Her mom seems less callous as the series continues, but at the beginning, she seems really like pretty callous especially towards Jessica. very strange yeah. yeah like and kind of interesting too because i don't know maybe this is just kind of my own internalized stereotype or maybe it's kind of based on the fond memories that jessica has but i didn't expect that right like you kind of expected this nice reconnection with a you know a long lost mother but that's really not what it was no yeah. almost even when she's driven to find jessica it almost feels like it's uh, like Jessica's almost like her property or something. It doesn't even feel like a tender kind of mom-daughter thing. I think that comes out a little bit more as it goes on. The other thing that her mom does, which I'm not sure why, is like, you know, Jessica, it's not always great to tell yourself maybe that things were better than they were, but it's like, considering what Jessica's been through, is it really necessary to be like, oh no, me and your father were probably going to get divorced yeah. or all this stuff and the, the piece of that that was interesting is it was based on the fact that the mom wanted a tenure track job in a math department and the dad didn't want to move there so she worked at a community college yeah. and she felt she didn't reach her career potential and, and 
And she tells Jessica, she's like, and we hadn't had sex in a year. And Jessica's like, why are you telling me all yeah. this stuff? Like, about my dad and, and everything else. And it, so it's it seems very insensitive at a minimum. Absolutely. Very bizarre. And mm-hmm. not, certainly not considering the, like, what what's the intention of that behavior? Yeah. It's not to make Jessica feel better, because who would want to hear that stuff? No, she um, seems pretty focused on staying with the doctor that she's with above all else. You oh, yeah. Know? I mean, well, she literally was killing anyone who might reveal mm-hmm. his problem, and that seems to be the main focus. The, um, the one part where her mom does try to bring up her father in a way to help her feel better, though, is directly in, related to the car accident. Yes. Which yeah. Jessica always yeah, that's thought true. was her fault because they were true. fighting. She says, no, your dad was a horrible driver. Yeah. I wanted to drive that day, and he said no or something, and and uh, you know he took his eyes off the road. So that was one part where she did have... No, that's a good uh, point. You could really see that aspect of Jessica's PTSD where she had been blaming herself all these years, and her mom was very clear and unequivocal about that it is not your fault so yeah. yeah i agree that was a nice part of it it just went into a weird side thing about the dad but like well i guess maybe she was blaming the dad and and herself in a way for for it happening mm-hmm. and so maybe it just that was her way of kind of processing it yeah, yeah for sure um we i think maybe we should talk a little bit about the um methods that they both use for managing their anger it seems like the that Jessica's mom, Alyssa, is kind of doing some kind of breathing mm-hmm. and almost like a grounding or mm-hmm. reconnecting with the present technique, which can be helpful if people experience, you know, some types of states where they feel like almost... It's hard because it's like, it does seem like she does have some dissociation mm-hmm. and change in her consciousness, but also people who have anger problems will say that they do, and it's or like I blacked yes. out and it's... Not really, it's not like the Hulk where it's like all of a sudden like you're this thing. And But um, but a lot of people think her problems will relate to that. Mm-hmm. And so that that was part of it. But then part of with Jessica and the group, it, they say you need a benign external action to soothe the internal strife, bouncing the ball against the wall. I'm not saying never engage in something distracting, but it, it obviously didn't help. I mean, she broke the ball. And yeah, then she got the, more angry. Yeah, she did. And and it's interesting because she denies having an anger problem at first, or, but it's more like she doesn't want to talk about it. And then the leader of the group is kind of like, does your anger alienate the people around you? Do you feel not in control of your life? You know, nothing will shock us here. We're all the same. And so she's like, okay, I'll try your thing, bouncing the ball. But then she's like, my whole family was killed in a car accident. Someone did horrific experiments on me. I was abducted, raped, forced to kill someone. And now Maniac says I have to be here while she's out killing people and I'm bouncing a ball. Um, And then finally he just signs the papers and is like, yeah, we're not all the same after all. Um, I've run anger groups before, which Mm -hmm. I've talked about this. I know you've worked with with some individuals with anger problems. Yep. A lot of a lot of it is cognitive behavioral, you know, learning to not interpret things as intentionally trying to harm you when mm-hmm. other people are doing things, um, not to interpret their behaviors as hostile, thinking about new ways to think about mm-hmm. things and to control your anger. There's research that this idea of catharsis, like mm-hmm. when I'm angry, I'm just going to go like scream at someone mm-hmm. and I feel better. There's actually some suggestion that that makes you more angry. Mm-hmm. So we don't really see, I think, what a lot 
a lot of what's typically used for anger stuff. No, but I, I think we did see what's typically depicted on television. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And if I can make another just quick mm-hmm. point about that, unrelated to science completely and, and psychology, is it just me or could you replace the person who runs the groups in any TV show? They're yeah, all almost the exact same yeah. kind of very gentle, nice mm-hmm. person. Uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're, it's a very generic and stereotype depiction. Yeah, and the weird thing is, wasn't his story that he was like really abusive towards his wife or something like that? Right, and then yeah. it's like, but they've. It is, it, and maybe it's more common in like peer led groups that you've had That's your story true, yeah. and you've come around to the other side. But still, it's you know, and it's an opening thing. But, um, but yeah, I agree. I think that it's a similar depiction, and you know. The point of it is probably just to show how angry she is and kind of, uh, it's not to display how you do anger therapy, but uh, I actually, that's some, I've said on our podcast before, I think that's some of the hardest type of therapy for me personally to do when I've tried to help people manage their anger. Um, it's, it's tricky because you, people can get some payoffs from their anger that people comply with what they want Mm -hmm. or in the moment they might feel good just kind of expressing themselves but ultimately it's of course very harmful it does alienate people it does make people feel out of control it cause it can cause long-term or even shorter term damage to mm-hmm. relationships and there's usually some motivation to reduce anger but it's it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard to do that and teaching skills to manage it seems somewhat helpful it's also interesting because it's not there's not really a diagnosis. I mean, we have intermittent right. explosive disorder, but that's kind of a so specific little. type of anger. So it's also studied in different ways, or it's it's grouped sometimes with antisocial personality mm-hmm. disorder or borderline personality disorder. So anyway, I, I think it's tricky. I mean, in Jessica's case, it certainly seems tied to her PTSD. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And in her mom's case, it seems tied to whatever dissociative type thing is going on. So I guess it makes sense they would try to get her to... Basically stay in the moment. Yeah, unrelated to the dissociative mm-hmm. part, but related to kind of her mom's depiction mm-hmm. of anger. That actually did remind me a fair bit of the work I've done with. Um, mm. It was a it was a, a relational violence group mm-hmm. that I co-facilitated. Uh, not expressly focused on anger, but obviously that was a main yeah. component. And a lot of the stuff that she did reminded me of stuff that we would see mm. in the group where she would engage in this violent behavior and then have a rationalization for it. And a big focus of the group was getting people to, um, you know, when they're describing the incident, instead of saying, well, you know, this person did this and this, and then they said this and then this happened, just focusing on their own behavior because you can't really change your own behavior or acknowledge the underlying emotional state unless you're really making that the focus. I don't know. That reminded me a little. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point because, like, that's a pretty big difference between Jessica and her mom. Jessica feels guilty and even in the moment doesn't really want to lose control of mm-hmm. herself or act in an overly angry or aggressive mm-hmm. way. Whereas, you know, it's harder to get people to want to change that behavior if they don't feel a lot of remorse mm-hmm. for it, if they've justified it, if they believe, yeah, I did that, but that's because the other person was basically making me do it because of whatever their mm-hmm. behavior was. So exactly. that, I think you're right. That's one of my experiences in trying to help people work with their own anger that gets really tricky if they mm-hmm. kind of view it as justified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard. And, and in my experience, at least it's a slow process of, uh, you know, firmly, uh, but gently and compassionately continuing to challenge that mm-hmm. and say, you know, 
ultimately no one else has control over your action except you and so that you know if we were working with jessica's mom in, in that sort of setting that would be a, a main part i think just based yeah. on what we saw of uh you know you can't just rationalize all of this violent behavior away yeah. yeah it's very true and it's like jessica has so many reasons to be angry and oh yeah her way of coping as we talked about last time just really does seem to try to avoid and channel her energy into something else but I mean, you can really understand why she would just be so filled with anger after all the horrible things that happened to her. Which, in a way, she at least proved that she recognized by telling the group, like, these are the things that I've been through, and that's why I'm so mad. And I actually, even though you've been through bad things, like, I actually think that maybe I've been through even worse things, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Anything else about anger stuff before anything else? Okay, I think that um, we haven't talked about Trish yet. Should we talk a little bit about her? Absolutely. Trish is, I think, a more prominent character in this season, if I'm remembering right. she's She's got a lot more screen time and kind of a lot more of her own independent uh, story arc, uh, which is separate from Jessica a lot of the time. Um, and not... I've read uh, or seen at least a few articles floating around about people and their kind of reactions to her, because I guess to sum it up, the the story arc for her this season consists of a couple of main things. First, she she starts to experience a pretty severe substance use problem yeah. with this inhalant that I don't totally understand. It's some sort of like super soldier inhalant right. that her uh, previous partner was using. Uh, so she she starts to use that. And she also uh, really gets on this kind of... She, she really wants to be a hero, really, right. is what it boils down to. She feels like she's always been kind of secondary to Jessica, and Jessica's had to protect her. And she doesn't want that anymore. She wants to be a, kind of this independent hero in her own right. So that's kind of her And she'll arc. do basically anything to get there. I mean, you can see that, obviously, she had, you learn a lot about the history that she's had with substance use problems. I mean, in some very negatively impacted yeah. types of things that they show in the flashbacks of, of how uh, just messed up she was on substances. So for her to use a substance because she believes it'll make her superhero, um, that's that's a big deal. But also she just uses people and is very in, non-empathic towards mm-hmm. people like Jessica. And she has that seemingly very nice, serious boyfriend, mm-hmm. but she doesn't really love him she's like i want to be him because he's viewed as a hero because he's reporting from the front lines of these things yeah exactly and so she can't even be connected in that relationship because she's so focused on her being the hero or her and you kind of like they in the flashbacks they draw a pathway of her wanting to be a star Mm -hmm. and of course her mom did not help with any of this stuff she put a lot of pressure on her and she has her own show, but she wants, you know, she wants to be more than that. And it leads her to the point, you know, Malcolm is one of my favorite characters on the show. Oh, He's yeah. so nice. And you really see how, you know, messed up he was on substances and how he tried to make amends for that. I mean, they even have the flashback of him talking to, I think, an ex-girlfriend and trying to make amends with her. And then Trish uses him, basically, to... um get more information mm-hmm. th- from his work with Jessica. And 
you know, it hurts him. And Jessica's not super nice to him either. I understand why she's mad, though, because she's basically like, you did some, you gave Trish information and did something I didn't want to do. And then, of course, Trish um, locks him in the trunk and hits him with a gun. So, yeah. And I think he uses that in Halen, too, when he's with her at one point. Yeah, he really didn't like that because of his previous uh, difficulties with substances. I thought maybe he would start using it kind of like she was, which he he responded very differently than she did. He did, and he kind of was like, I can't really be around you because of that. But then she she, uh, didn't really accept that. So I found her, I did not find her sympathetic, um, at all in in this, I think, even though, like, I I guess that's not totally true. I can kind of get where the drive comes from, but I just, I guess, feel very hurt for Jessica. Yeah. And Jessica is, like, she means everything to Jessica. She's her sister, and she's doing things that could result in her losing her by Mm -hmm. seeking out to get more powers and stuff like that. And, and putting Jessica in danger. And so Jessica immediately helps her, brings her to the hospital, like all of that stuff. But um, I just, I was surprised at how the direction her character took. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's kind of interesting. The flashback episode in some ways mirrors the story arc of the season overall, where Jessica is dealing with something kind of on her own, sees Trish as struggling with addiction, yeah. and it kind of separates them and breaks them apart in a way, which you kind of see that happens again in the season. It, it does, and it's interesting because Jessica says to her, like, you need to call your sponsor, mm-hmm. and um, she's like, well, you you know, you drink all the time and mm-hmm. tries to point it back at her, and she's like, yeah, I know, but you still need to call your sponsor, mm-hmm. like, there's still something wrong with you um, that, that needs to be taken care of, but even then when Trish is off of that stuff, because the inhaler stops working or something mm-hmm. like that, she's still acting like very very preoccupied with gaining power mm-hmm. and fame and being a hero to extreme extents of it you know well to the extent that she gets uh dr mollis i think mm-hmm. is his name to recreate the what he did to yeah. jessica to give her powers yeah. yeah it's unbelievable so i find that highly disturbing not good no yeah, not great no. and and ultimately i think we see at the very end of the episode it works because yeah. I, I forget exactly what's shown, but she has developed some power at the in the last few moments of the season. Yeah, which um, is uh, dangerous. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's also kind of like, I don't know, if I were Jessica, which maybe I'm over-identifying with her because I'm just so compelled by her character, but like, if... I were Jessica. Like Jessica really struggles with having those powers. She mm-hmm. doesn't. She doesn't actually like that. And so, like someone voluntarily putting themselves in that situation. Well, and you know? in a lot of ways, that's the theme of the yeah, season. That's it, true. The quote: mm-hmm. "The mental illness with great power comes yeah. great mental illness." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is interesting because that they build that theme up. That look, powers aren't everything they're cracked up to be. Right. Um, but then we you have Trish who's pursuing that almost at any cost. So it is. It's interesting. That's true. A lot of themes to the narrative. No, it's true, and um. I think that I I did like towards at least the last episode I watched, which was episode 10, that just to bounce back to Malcolm a little bit and thinking of the character, so I do like that he was like, he quit and he's going to do his own thing mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I we all, I mean, we get kind of why Jessica treats him the way he did. And he did betray her trust in a major yep. way. And so, but he's also like, it seems like he's kind of sick of being pushed around or, or not being treated in a way that is equitable, mm-hmm. you know, and so he, I, I like that he's going to start his own thing. I, you know, he did 
he messed up pretty badly, but like I see him as more I it's it's more forgiving in my personal opinion because he seems like generally trying to do the right loyal mm-hmm. nice thing, you know. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like he's really up for himself. He seems more like he gets kind of I don't know. He got kind of in a swept up in a bad situation, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's still his fault, and it's a big threat if you're like in a detective agency to have someone do that. But he seems like someone who actually feels remorse and tries to make things better. So. Absolutely. But you know, her loyalty obviously is to her sister. I mean, Trish is really mm-hmm. everything to her. Um, so so anyway, um, and then I did think it was interesting that Kilgrave comes back and in flashback form. Yes, and I think that they continue to depict PTSD, substance use problems, and other mental health issues very well. They, um, I, it's interesting because when she, the, she killed the, the prison guard in self-defense and she's getting rid of his body, that Kilgrave arrives and she yells stop. And mm-hmm. I wondered if that was like from thought stopping, mm-hmm. a technique for treating PTSD where during a flashback or something like that you yell stop to try to or to get rid to stop thinking about negative thoughts and it works for some people and not mm-hmm. for others but it is one technique so i thought it was interesting that she did yell stop really yeah loud. absolutely the only person that we didn't well it's not the only there are a lot of people in this oh and also her neighbor is nice <laughs> yes. Yeah, he actually has a pretty interesting he's a, yeah, story. Yeah, he's a nice person. Story, he yeah. ma- he gives her that picture he makes of her, and she kind of turns it backwards. You can see her resisting, kind of connecting, yeah. but then like she really helps him out, and by stopping the kidnapping of and his son. And if I can jump to the mm-hmm. the very end, uh, so the end of the season, of course, um, Tris really like wants to help Jessica in the end, and and wants to be the hero, and ends up shooting uh jessica's mom while mm-hmm. jessica and her are on uh, a ferris wheel i always mix up ferris wheel and merry-go-round very mm-hmm. different uh axes but uh <laughs> and and so really it ends with malcolm starting out on his own mm-hmm. uh at the very end he and jessica have a very awkward interaction in the hallway where they almost just don't interact it's mm-hmm. like they're strangers uh jessica sends trish away at the end trish comes to apologize and wants to make things right she says you know just get out of here so Jessica's, she's kind of lost everyone now. Yeah. Her, she, her mom is dead again. She's lost her mm. sister. And, and presumably, I might be a, this might be a bit of a stretch, but Malcolm's kind of like her only friend. Right? Yeah. Um, so she then she actually walks down uh, the hall to her new neighbor. And it, the season ends with her just sitting down and having uh, dinner with him and, the, and his son. And it's actually really quite nice. So. That's good. I like to see some glimmer of hope yeah, for Jessica's life. It's where you can really she she she's giving up that a big part of that resistance at least that's, and, and saying good. you know this is a good person uh, and, and I need to have someone in my life so it's good. Yeah, you know it's interesting because he, he it's like when she when they're first well they don't like each other at all no and then like all of a sudden she is like basically. Um, they start drinking and then I think she's basically starts initiating like maybe having trying to have sex with him or something and he's like well that's like what there's something wrong like he's it's off that like you hated me 30 minutes ago Mm -hmm. and he's like let's just slow down a little bit obviously that sentiment didn't last very long from the, the next time that they see each other but it is interesting just that he no like he he's like there's something off and it does seem like the way that she mentions i mean tells trish that she uses sex as a as another way to avoid thinking about mm-hmm. things and so thought that was interesting i guess the only 
person we didn't talk about is, uh, well, one of the only people. There are a lot of people in the story is um, mm-hmm. some of Hogworth's oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. She really uh, is struggling, too. Mm-hmm. So she's experiencing, uh, if I remember wrong, it's a neurodegenerative disease. Yeah, it's uh, ALS. Oh, yes. Um, and she's really struggling with that because her partners at the law firm are trying to kind of push her out of the law firm. So she's kind of battling them while also engaging in some pretty maladaptive coping through substance use and mm-hmm. and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, she really struggles a lot through the season two. And it's, gosh, it's a pretty like uh, sad story. But also there's just so much going on that I completely forgot about it. It's well, a busy it's season. true. And then she gets, Jessica kind of gives her a heads up like you're getting scammed because she thinks she helps get that guy out of prison to oh, help that's heal right. her. Yeah. And like there are no healing powers. And basically Jessica says it's a placebo effect. And then she goes back to her house and she's been robbed. Um, Hogworth. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And then she manipulates that woman into killing that guy, if I'm remembering right. Oh, maybe you didn't see this. No. So she gets that the woman who mm-hmm. was staying with her, who was kind of part of the scam. She was the the nurse. Yes, she gets in touch with her again, and basically, you know, just has this interaction with her, and then manipulates her into thinking that the guy was scamming her, and gives her a gun, and then she goes back home, and and you see her like waiting outside the apartment while that, and you just see a gunshot go off. So. She really kind of... There's a lot of is, messed up stuff happening yeah, this season. Yeah, I forgot all about that part. But yeah, that ends on a very dark note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone was asking me, who is the the bad guy in season two? I'm like, uh, there are like 25 of them. Yeah, so it's hard to keep up. And that's bad. Well, anything else? That I don't think we, so. I mean, I thought it was good. I prefer season one. Sure. But it's kind of hard to beat season one. It was really... It's a high bar to set. It is. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what happens next. I think there's still a lot of interesting stories to tell in this kind of Jessica Jones universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a good good season for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, should we wrap it up there then? Yeah. Any closing thoughts on Jessica Jones? No, I mean, I, I just, if anyone has any questions about any of the stuff we talked about, try to hit all the main points, but let us know or let us know what you think about the series. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, end things there for today then. Thank you so much for everyone for listening in and uh, we'll be back soon with, uh, with another episode. Thank you for listening to the Jedi Council Podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. You can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com. If you would like to support the Jedi Council Podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Jedi Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.